Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. So he got an earful for me almost every night. I tried to leave him alone and go, I'll just write it down later. And we all know what an earful from Jesse is like. So, you know, John, we, we, we <laughs> listen, listen, John. Yep. Oh, listen, he knows. John. He teases me all the time. <laughs> The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matt's from Medical Care, and welcome to episode 224 of The Modern Jeeper Show. Corey and Jesse are back at the Modern Jeeper compound on the western slope of Colorado after something like 65 days at 8,000 miles on the road. Yet there is no rest for the weary as we dive right into a full recap of their adventures, including the now famous Artemis Rally. Jesse's co-dog in the rally was friend of the show Alicia Diggs of Jeepers Den fame. Yes, we've had her hubby Ricky on the show a couple times, but we all know who really runs the shop. Jesse and Alicia recount the incredible competition, the amazing camaraderie, the flubs and fumbles, the wins and wonderfuls, and all the crazy antics that went into the first ever Artemis Rally, and whether or not they will ever do it again. If you're all wondering what the heck is going on, you can catch everything, including our smiling faces, on the video version of the pod at youtube.com slash moderncheaper. As always, we're incredibly grateful for this episode to our supporters and friends, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Stop, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, Nacho Lighting, Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. Now sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode 224 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers is another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show with me, Matt, from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper is back, Corey. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, and Rockstar Jeep Girl, Jesse. Hello. So, yeah, you've been a whirlwind of what, like, I think I saw a message 65 days on the road or something like that. Yeah. So it really Six, been that long? It, it, 67 days, uh, 54 in a hotel, 8,129 miles. Um, you know, <laughs> we were home kind of in the middle of that for our modern jeeper adventure in moab uh but yeah at the time it didn't seem that long now that we're home it seems like it was maybe even longer um <laughs> and it's literally taken us probably f the last five days we've been home no we've been home six days now and it's it's taken us that long to kind of get back in not only a routine but to get just caught up on okay what actually happened in the last two months <laughs> Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. It's been you know now it's it's a service break for us. So uh, the truck is actually it, at the dealership now. It should be done this afternoon. Jesse's rig goes in. I've been dealing with dead batteries on all the vehicles, and yeah, man, it's yeah. it's uh, oh, wait, wait. It's dead been... batteries on all the vehicles. What's going on there? Yeah, they sit a while. <laughs> yeah, the the LJ 
Um, typically when we were gone, it'll have a dead battery when I get back um, just because it sits for a month and there's some little parasitic, you know, draw of whatever. And then the gladiator, I typically, I uh, typically keep on a charger now, a little two amp charger. So the battery in the, in the gladiator is fine. Her JK was actually fine this time and started right up, but the LJ has given me some fits and uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it may be time. It's, it's been a number of years since I've done anything with that thing. And, those batteries want specific types of charge. Some of the new AGM stuff, uh, you can't just hit those things with high amperage chargers, which... Def- define AGM. Uh, glass mat, absorbent glass mat. So it's kind of a gel type of battery rather than a flooded battery, which just has uh, you know, water basically in it uh, and lead plates. So... Yeah, and and you know, full throttle has been a supporter of ours for for a long time. Full throttle batteries, and they make a, an amazing battery. Um, but all those new batteries, they're they're very specific as to how they want to be charged. You can't just throw twenty amps at them and um, expect them to have a long life. So I think over the last few times of me leaving it, uh, like you know, it spent a number of weeks in Moab with our, our friend out in at outlaw Jeremy. And then I think when, when it needed to get recharged, he took his big charger out there. One of his guys hooked it up and probably hit it with a ton of amps and uh, it may have lost a cell or something. So Uh it it may be time. Yeah. Well, cool. Full throttle. huh? That's nice of them to support us and be a part of the community. Yeah. They've been, uh, that's our our friend, uh, David uh, Schumacher. And again, they've been, They've been a good solution for, you know, for years we ran Optima stuff and then Optima became a little different. And I think Johnson Controls still owns them. No, we've had really good luck with the full throttle products. <laughs> wait, wait. And- Optima became a little different. You mean they started to suck? <laughs> yes. We're trying to be nice. Trying to, yeah, that whole politically correct thing. Everybody's well, I, you know, I think they've I, I have a feeling that they've they've gotten better. Like I've seen them do better. But there was a period of time there where Optima didn't. Like you couldn't depend on an Optima battery, and that that was mm-hmm. sad because they used to be the battery that you could depend on for everything. And then there was right. this yeah. period where it was like, yeah, don't try to run an Optima. You're gonna you you they may not start the next time, and that's really I, not cool. I had a yellow top in a, my original yellow TJ in Spike, and I think that battery was in there for seven years or something, and it worked fantastic for all those years. And then one day, okay, it was time needed to be replaced, and. Uh, I went through three batteries like one a year and I was, I was done. I was over it. So yeah. yeah. Full throttle, which is also a, I think that's a division of full river uh, is the manufacturer and, and those guys make a good product. So yeah. Shout out to them, man. I still remember my, uh, my Sears battery that remember, what was it? Who was it? Gosh. Okay. You're gonna have to remind me here because my brain just had a senior fart moment, which was the other manufacturer of solid batteries that, was manufacturing the one for Sears. What's the other company I'm missing? It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't Johnson controls. No, no, no. Um, it's, 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 and they were related. Remember they had, uh, Oh gosh, there was a two battery system. What yeah. They the had the, the diehard platinums were yeah, done yeah, by, uh, but were done by this company. Yeah. 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 And I had the diehard platinum and I had that in my race car. I had that in by my TJ, which, you know, somebody stole, but you know, it was, a. It, it was a great battery and it was super cheap, you know, a couple hundred bucks over right. at Sears, right? Yeah. yeah. 
But who yeah, was the main? Who's the manufacturer? What's the company? I Damn it! Nothing. All right, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna send us a message when they hear this and go. You, uh, yeah, right. They'll be like, you, "Oh, that was." Uh, you, I mean, you know, you Odyssey became the other competing brand on the high Odyssey. end stuff. Is that who was making? Yeah, it was the, Odyssey. It was the Odyssey. diehard stuff. Yeah, I think Odyssey was making it. So you had because uh, for the while you had Odyssey versus um, Optima. Optima. Yeah, so o- yep. Odyssey was the company I was thinking of. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, we figured it out. All right, we're not so dumb. <laughs> yeah, we're not so anyway, dumb after all. It's it's been a um, you know, we got so now that um, Artemis is over and Jesse's rig comes back with us across country. Um, you know, we've had to reach out to our friends at the graphic shop. You know, that wrap was kind of a thing for um, that race. It was specifically for Artemis because they had to have their their team numbers and stuff on there and that kind of thing. Sure. So. That is going to get changed now, and so trying it's to get all that. Yeah, it's all. It's all. It's kind of weird. It's all well, gone. The, the, no, the majority no. of the wrap is still there. Oh, She's just got to change some things. They um, were overlays. Yeah. Okay. They were oh, just like overlays because like I knew like it was going to like get changed. Like the triangle, changed. the Artemis triangle that's on your yeah, shirt right down. there, was was just an overlay. Okay. Yeah. Oh cool. yeah. Yeah. So now that a gets, lot of people thought they were like, "Wow, that's a commitment," and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm pretty smart." Sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, you, you have a couple of those teams, like the, the the Rebel Rally ones. Like they all seem to run their logos on their doors and their team numbers or whatever all year. Yeah, right. and I kind of was like, huh. Well, well it, next year. If you had nothing else in your Jeep except that, then that would be cool. But right. you obviously had a little bit more. I have a feeling your Jeep was the most decorated out there. Is that a nice oh, way yeah. of putting it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and now it's time to better represent a few of those supporters yes. um, that that are behind that business. So. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I have ideas, so hopefully we'll get to the shop today. We kind of played tag with her a couple of times yesterday, so hopefully today we'll get in there and I have my ideas in my head for the new Metal Cloak logo that'll go on the side I've been toying around with for a while, so... It's gonna cool, match. Cool. It's gonna be popping. Yeah. So, how did that? How did that ARS rack work for you? It was amazing. Of course, I I love the rack. It's so light. You don't even know it's there at all, and it flexes with everything you do, and it doesn't hit any corners. Which you know, I have had that statement to me so many times about. Well, does it hit? I flexed it out and even Moose was very impressed that it didn't move. It stayed shaped where it needed to. It didn't hit. It it carries. It's very well. Well, and her and Alicia took that canoe off that Jeep like, <laughs> A I don't know, times. 20 times. And mm. it was funny to watch other teams kind of struggle with, you know, they were using pool noodles to keep it from touching. The, they didn't have a rack. There was no real good system. And these guys were able, and it was pretty heavy canoe is what they ended up with. So to slide that thing on and over the whole Jeep and tie Made it on it there and go. So much easier. Mm. Yeah. So much easier. Cool. 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 Well, you know, Alicia is our guest today and we'll get her on here in a little bit, but um, <laughs> we can talk all about Artemis and it's going to be great to go. So, all right. So you're, you're, you're back now. How long are you here before you hit the road again? We have mm. one week. One week. One, more week. <laughs> one week. I uh, yeah. yeah, I have some uh, some stuff I need to get taken care of on my face. Uh, mm-hmm. That happens tomorrow uh, up in Grand Junction. You got Junction. the July Fourth weekend to enjoy. Like so. So what Maybe. what is July Fourth like out there in in uh, in, in Montrose, Colorado? Like, do they do anything? It, it's um, you know, they try. So this year it's it's extremely dry. 
um, right now. So for the folks that have seen my Facebook post, literally inside the our bedroom, um, I have a humidity dial. And the other day it read 1%. I've never wow. seen it that low. Um, so wait, 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 wait. We had the biggest out. winter of all time where just yep. tons of snow has dropped down, which means that the water table has got to be nice and full down there. So much better. So yeah, much but it's better. super dry. Yes. So all of a sudden the, the 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 heat dial gets turned on, the sun comes out, and in this last week and a half, it's been it's, it's extremely hot. Uh, we're, we're in the high 80s, low 90s with literally no humidity and the wind's blowing. So all of that snowpack is melting extremely fast. There's a lot of people up in your ray. Um, it's kind of a thing in this area. A lot of people will head towards your ray for fireworks over 4th of July. In the last few years, it's been too dry. So they, because of wildfire threats and things like that, they, they haven't done a, a real big fireworks thing yeah, it's kind of different here. You know, we don't have fireworks are mostly illegal except for the small stuff like sparklers and and things that spin on the ground and fountains and things like that. Oh, so, wow. but yeah. you can make some things out of those things. I was telling him. It's illegal. <laughs> what are you talking about? That would be modification. Know. That would be not legal Duct to modify your piccolo peat into an uh, to blow up or anything like that, like we used to. I'm from Oklahoma. We it, it, we improvise. It, 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 hey, listen, the ones they sell in California, it's kind of hard to do anything with them. Like, yeah. first off, they last like three seconds. The, yep. the sparkler is two and a half feet tall. I mean, the, the thing, yep. and it lasts, yeah. but that's all paper. It's got this little thing that big inside of it that lasts like 30 seconds. Yeah. Right. Zip. You're done. <laughs> now, I did see, and I, I've, I've learned something new because I did see this year or last year, one of our neighbors across the way pulls out his short ladder and he puts all the sparklers on the ladder because it shoots up higher and it falls down farther. Uh It makes them, makes it more extravagant, makes it more enjoyable because it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, does it all on the ladder and it's kind of cool that way. So I've met the, steal that idea although i think we're doing our first block party at our neighborhood like somebody oh, somebody put it out there so we're gonna do a block party which would be cool and it'll be awesome because we get to mark up our new blacktop so our whole neighborhood it, for those who don't know in in sacramento county specifically and probably up and down the state sacramento county many 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 years ago there was a lawsuit from ada like some of these guys sue in the county because all the corners we're not ADA compliant, right? Like he, right. if you're in a wheelchair, it's hard to go up and down or whatever. So mm-hmm. for the last couple of decades, every street corner in Sacramento County is getting redone to be ADA. So all the sidewalks redone to be ADA compliant. Our neighborhood got hit with this two months ago. I think they started maybe three months ago. They started coming through and surveying, which the, the one side of it is every sidewalk in the neighborhood that has been tore up by trees and stuff, every section of that was getting redone. So they literally, they're fixing sidewalks, putting in all these new corners, all these new, and they put the yellow pads down that have like for, you know, for, uh, that yeah, are all the, dotted the, and stuff. Yeah, dots. For, yep. for blind, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, which is cool. I mean, there's probably not a single blind person in our neighborhood, but it's cool that they're doing this all the way around and that's fine. So that, that was happening. Which is one end of it. The other end of it is they actually then go through, once they're done with all of that, they are grinding and repaving the streets. 
our streets haven't been done. I don't think for 30, 40 years. I mean, they're mm-hmm. there and it's a, you know, the street is a combination of blacktop strip where some company came in and, and dug a hole in order to be able to fix right, something and then right. filled it with a strip and then another thing and then a hole. And then, you know, so that's just, it just, the, the streets themselves are terrible, but they're grinding them all down and they're not just bent over. And they went through literally, they went through all the manhole covers and dug them up and paved over them. And then they're going through and grinding them. Then they'll redig all those holes. So our entire neighborhood is getting redone with new blacktop. And I keep telling the kids, when this is done, like you're going to have a awesome, like skateboarding, dude, it's going to be so much better and all this. So it's kind of cool, but we're getting all that redone and we get to go out on the fourth and we get to mark it up, mark it up, there you mark go. it up yeah. with spinners and smoke bombs and snakes. I mean, it's, yeah, we're going to have fun. <laughs> so my daughter moved back yesterday Oh wow! to Vacaville with her new boyfriend. Vacaville. So she, wow. Yeah. So wow. she'll be close, kind of close to you guys. Gosh. Yeah, out in that neck of the woods. Wow. And she was, where was she living before? She the one in uh, San Antonio with my middle daughter and my granddaughter. But um, this is my okay. oldest daughter. Your oldest daughter. Nicole. Okay. Wow. Tobacco. Yeah. What are they doing in Vacaville? Um, well, she's a nail technician. Um, she's trying to get her license um, done, transferred. transferred over to California. Mm. So. I, she's going to take up a regular job. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. So it'd be fun to have her out here. Another reason for you to just come out and visit more often. That's right. That's what I tell yeah. you. Yep, that's yeah. right. Because you know, you, because you do do enough traveling. Yeah. It seems like everything is under construction right now. Um, even mm-hmm. the Montrose area, the corridor from Uray to, to Montrose is all dug up and new lines and widening roads and, um, you know, the traffic, again, it's it's everywhere we've been in the last two months. The traffic is kind of crazy. And, I mean, yeah. it's I, I get it. It's summertime. Um, people are on the move, on the go. Lots of campers and van life folks. And uh, there's some Jeeps running around. I think there's that delay <laughs> thing that we'll start to see more Jeeps later uh, mm. in the season, at least over here. But um, sure. no, not everything's open yet. Yeah, and there's still a lot of snow in the on the passes. So. Everybody keeps asking, when are we going to be open? Well, well, the Rubicon Trail is passable now. I mean, there's still snow everywhere, but you can get through it, and uh, and it's amazing that it's not as flooded as we thought it would be. Like it's oh. it you it's not as as not as deeply flooded, and maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's an interesting sign, like the fact that you guys are had all that snow, but you're still dry. Um, it's just that the water table was so empty that it's just like mm-hmm. it's not maintaining itself on top because it just had every place else to go you know what i mean right so all right well you know um the real reason we're doing this episode is to talk about the artemis rally and part of the artemis rally of course was jesse and alicia so we're going to introduce our guest now alicia I know you're in the middle of doing some work. Now you can stop and actually uh, hang out with us and stop working. <laughs> Maybe Ricky will let you stop for a little bit. Welcome to the show. Just for a little bit. Thank you for having me. So Alicia is, you can see, hanging out there at uh, Jeepers Den, the world headquarters of Jeepers Den in, in uh, down in Florida, um, which is one of our one of Metal Cloak's oldest reselling shops. And uh, and even despite Ricky, you know, calling me all the time and you know and needing something or wanting something special or or just calling somebody else because he can't get a hold of me which is par for the course we, we love you guys down there but you guys had this amazing adventure that has like what almost two years in the planning was it about two years ago when you decided to to, to do this 
it was about a year. year last and a half. August, yeah. um, we were approached. I was approached by John Eller. He Who's was working John Eller? for BFG. He was working for BFG at the time. I think in a roundabout way, he still kind of does a little bit, but he started the Overlander project. Mm. And uh, he does the 24 hours of URI and some other l- Overlander challenges. So he decided he wanted to, we sat down around the campfire and he's like, you know, I have this idea of doing this rally. It's all women. It's not typically like the rebel, but I want it to be special for the women. And I was like, okay, well, let me know when you're ready to get this out. And I said, I would love to be. And I talked to Alicia about it because we were on the list to do the rebel. And we both knew that we weren't quite ready for that yet. Because that's pretty extreme. So we decided to put Rebel on the back burner for right now and get our feet wet into the Artemis Rally. So wow, yeah. So uh, obviously, you used your rig that was that everybody has seen. If you haven't seen it, that you got to go to <laughs> Jesse's Instagram page or Facebook page and just see the the amazing wrap that was on there. Um, and how did it break down? What was the team? What was your role, Alicia? What was your role, Jesse? Uh, my role was driving very fast, um, <laughs> <laughs> and she kept me in line. She did most of the work, and she was amazing. We Probably. got together. We didn't really. We lived thousands of miles away, and you, of course, you know, we travel all the time. Mm. So when we were in Florida, we got a little bit of time in, but we still didn't sit down and do a lot because we're both busy. And she did a lot of the plotting, the waypoints, and kept me on track and calmed me and tried to calm me. <laughs> tried to calm you. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a little much when I'm driving. Sure, sure. Alisa, can you adjust your camera a little bit towards it? I'm seeing more of the hats that I'm seeing of you. There, you there go. we go. There, that's better. Wow. So, so, and for you, Alicia, I mean, this was, this was kind of, I, I saw some of the stuff. But you guys just describe it. What was it like? What was the... What was the challenge? There was a lot of challenges. I mean, there were some things that they told us that we were definitely going to be doing. And there was a lot of, uh, we had axe throwing that we had to do. We had some archery. We had some shooting, some skeet shooting, and then some nine millimeter and AR. Uh, We also got a winch a car over. Um, That was pretty cool to be able to utilize the product that we sell and that we put on people's vehicles. I always like to see when people actually put the product on and we actually have to utilize it. Because it's one of those things that you really get to see what they can do and how it works and how it works on the rig and, you know, what you have to do to make it work. Mm. So that was that was um, some of the challenges that we had. And then plotting. That was my first time ever doing waypoints. Yes. Very difficult because I didn't understand how to do it. I didn't know what to use as far as like what kind of tools you could use as that aspect of it. So I do know that I needed to freshen up on that. Funny thing is we use Google and as many times as we were out of service worked very well when you put it all together. And I see some of these other people using, I think like Onyx and Gaia and we were literally using Google maps. Wow. We, were, we, we had what literally three screens in front of us and we plotted our camp. So we know where, how far we are away at all times as we were plotting. She learned quick. She picked it up quick. Um, we had some sessions with Corey because I use Gaia a lot, but I'm usually the driver. So I don't know all the ins and outs. So Corey sat down a few times with her 
and helped her along the way, the support that I couldn't give her to teach her that quick because it was on the fly pretty mm -hmm. much. And uh, the first day we did a lot of backtracking, but in a lot of fastness <laughs> and trying to drive around everybody else, it was kind of a cluster at first because they took us down this one giant dirt road that was super long and we had all kinds of tasks on top of taking that stupid canoe off a million times. Um, I, I think we had that down pretty much how we were get it. It would take us a couple minutes to get it strapped down on and off. Um, so, so was there like amazing. challenges you had to take the, you had to take the canoe down, even though you weren't using it or was it like you would take? Yeah. It? So we had social media challenges. So uh, our plotting course um, had instructions on what we were supposed to do at each one of the checkpoints. It was either texting a phone number or picture, but we had to wear our helmets. We, there were certain aspects of each picture, so to speak, or challenges we had to put on social media by the end of the day, which by the first day, I think Jeff was like, we, the signal was so bad and we're going so fast and trying to get this down. I don't think they anticipated how difficult um, the social media aspect and getting our stuff texted in with no signal Mm -hmm. um, was going to be challenging. So they kind of let us have a leeway. I'm sure they'll figure it out by next year, how we're going to get all this done. Um, if you didn't have your points in by a certain time, you just didn't get those points. And if you didn't wear your vest, you didn't wear your helmet, you didn't do certain things, didn't, you wouldn't get those points. So oh, wow. you had to follow the directions. So each night at the bottom of the page would tell us when we had to be back to camp. You've got certain amount of points to get back to camp, or if you didn't make it on time, you got deducted. So it was pretty, I mean, it was just go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, well, I will interject here. And I got to say, <laughs> you know, for Alicia and, and Jesse too, and even the guys who put this on, I think everybody learned so much. And Alicia is definitely, you know, we, even though we've spent some time over the years all together, um, somebody that can take instructions and then just, yep, I got it. Like you can show yeah. her something once and she just, they, the both of them just took off and they just figured it out. And it's pretty fun to watch. I mean, for Ricky and I, we kind of went as a support team and we really didn't have, we, it wasn't really structured for that. I mean, we were there in case something were to break down catastrophically if we had to fix the Jeep or something like that. But literally they, they would go off and do their things and then we'd, maybe see him that night at camp. And, and um, it, it was, it was interesting. And I think everybody did to, to have the amount of work put into something for a first year event and have it be as successful as it was. I think that they did great. And I think that even the guys who put the, the event together did a good job. So it was a lot though. I mean, it was four days of every day they were scrambling. So yeah. there were like multiple activities every day. So by the end of the day, you guys were just tired, right? Just oh, tired. Yeah. So, just done. So did they provide oh. meals for you or did you have to do your own cooking? What was that like? I mean, was your breakfast, lunch, and dinner provided by them or were you guys fully in charge of that? <laughs> what did, I don't know what lunch is. Yes, <laughs> we, we intended that. We had the fridge freezer. I don't even think we – I pre – hydrated every day. And of course it was like, I got to go pee all the time. And everybody was like, why? I said, well, I never drank a drop of water the entire time. 
And she had to keep me on track and do the social media and get us where we needed to go. So you know, eating, Corey, that's, what was that? that? That's an interesting factor because, you know, if this was a guy's rally, like, I got to go pee. There's a tree. I mean. <laughs> oh, well, we did that. There's a whole, there's a whole, yeah, I know there's, but it's a whole nother dynamic when it's a bunch of or ladies. You just hold it and forget uh, about it. Just hold it and forget about it. Oh God. <laughs> when you have to run up and hike on trails and I was like, okay. Because <laughs> there were a lot of hiking stuff. Yeah. A lot of hiking stuff. And so you had to hike, like you might have to like park the Jeep, hike to a challenge type stuff. Like mile away, a quarter of a mile. Ha- I mean, wow. there were. Wow. We had to go up a fi- what are those called the fire, fire towers? Fire. Yeah, way up in the mountains, and the elevation to get to it was almost a mile up there. And then wow. I don't know how many stories straight up, like it was difficult. So I definitely I think I lost about ten pounds when <laughs> I was there. But yeah, breakfast. Um, they provided breakfast in the morning. Um, they made some camp coffee for people that wanted it. And at night when we came back, they had a nice dining arrangement set up for us um, with candles and actual silverware and actual plates. Can- and, candles. Candles. Yeah. Candelabras <laughs> everywhere. You know, we all have <laughs> stuff. Hey, Alicia, how was that food each night? So it was pretty good. I mean, um, the breakfast was actually not very bad. It, it was uh, something new that they had, like the peanut butter and granola and the fruits. So that kind of helped out a lot, getting some of that protein energy. thing and energy off the go. Uh, like Jesse said, we have no idea what lunch is because there's absolutely no time to even stop for lunch. Um, so I told them next year if they could make a waypoint, specifically like a McDonald's, a Wendy's. <laughs> Take some selfies or something on it. I don't know. I'll take some big arches, you know? I mean, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then the dinner was very nice. You know, we had some, uh, there was chicken and some vegetables. And a lot of the settings were in really nice areas, too, where we had, like, some rivers, some creeks. So they were in some pretty nice areas uh, visually. And it was kind of nice to have all the girls, like, lined up with our tents camping together. And then sitting at a table having some dinner together or, you know, mingling with each other. So the dinners and the breakfasts were not bad at all. The lunches, I don't know. I don't know. We so, had I mean, the ten- stuff. Yeah. You had the stuff? Like you did- we had the stuff in my cooler, but. <laughs> I had to stop to get it, to make a sandwich or anything. I mean, we jumped in the gas station. I probably grabbed some cow tails and said, let's ride. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice. So. Let's go over day one. Like, what were the, the, you starting in day one? I mean, you guys were a little nervous going into it, I'm sure, right? Um, and how did they, was there a starting order? I mean, how did they figure out who was going to get going? Did they randomly choose who started? Or is it, like, how, how was the, with all these different points and things and timing, how did that all work? Well, um, basically, we showed up at a designated spot for check-in and tech inspection. It was by one of the restaurants that was hosting us for breakfast that morning. We got to, we were there first. We were the first team to sign up. So we, Alicia picked the 300. So basically, we were the first team. We kind of went first because we, I don't know, wasn't thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I was ready to go. I was ready to get it over with. Um, Because the nerves are all there and you have all these legitimate badass ladies to compete against. So I think we just wanted to get out front. And of course, for media, we wananted to be out front as well. Um, And yeah, we followed each other. 
um, to certain checkpoints that we had to do or field days we had to do. Um, go ahead, Alicia. I think the first one we did was uh, went to uh, zero delta or delta, right? And that's where we yeah. shot the uh, nine millimeter and the AR. And uh, that was really exciting. I mean, the nine millimeter was a little shaky. The the AR, I mean, the guys got to watch out. If they're running and they're going long distances, we're going to get them. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> we're very proficient in that one. Yeah. Nice. And the gun bit- kept jamming on the nine millimeter. So we had, we had to fight against time <clears throat> and the target. Our target was kind of tilted down. It was kind of weird. And we didn't know we could speak up and go, hey, why don't you straighten it up? We didn't learn that until later when I oh. guess third or fourth team got to change the direction. And then people started hitting the target. And I was like, well, that mm. sucks. So wait, and the nine millimeter was jamming on you. It was provided oh, by them. Every shot it would jam. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. What was the it? first team to go? We were the first one. I was like, let's just do it. Obviously, they didn't just have a Glock for you, little nine millimeter Glock all seven set up. I could have used my Ruger better, so yeah, yeah that, it would been all right. So well, I, I, I'm should, sure they should the have the option that, next year. You should have the option next year of bringing your own own. Bring your That's own what. That well, way he gave us it. a survey, so we made our points heard, and and every night John would. I had. I guess I had the evil eye at the end of the day, and he's like, "Oh <laughs> God." So he got an earful from me almost every night. I tried to leave him alone and go, I'll just write it down later. And we all know what an earful from Jesse is like. So, you know, John, we, we, we <laughs> listen, listen, John. Yep. Oh, listen, he knows. John. He teases me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, okay. So who was the, like, were you guys, do you guys both have to shoot? Yes. yes. Okay. And who's yeah, the more proficient? Who's the better shooter between the two of you? I think she hit the nine millimeter pretty good, better than I did. But I don't think she could really touch me on that AR. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. She got all five. I got four. I have eyesight problems when going mm. through the scope. Mm. This eye is really bad. So when I go in, I can't see. So I have to switch to my other eye. I can't see. She's right handed and then wants to use her left eye down a barrel. Oh, it's, I know what that's like. So I, yeah. I, I had to do a, um, in a Navy test once. For whatever reason, that particular day, my left eye was my strong eye. It was weird. Like if you do all yeah. the testing, and so you're 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 operating differently, shooting out of your left eye instead of your right eye. Yeah, it's that's it's tough. a learning curve for sure. But I hadn't shot in a while. Um, I have my concealed carry. I always have. I have guns, but I used to have an AR. It was a twenty-two. Um, I never shot an AR fifteen. So, but the scope on it wasn't that great. But it yeah. was an easy target. Um, just yeah. like the bow, even when I went to go find a recurve bow, the guys, the way I was looking, they were watching me and they're like, well, we don't have a left hand. And I'm like, well, I'm not left handed. He goes, well, you're going to have to teach yourself to either lean or something because you're using your opposite eye to do the target. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> wow. So how did you do? Because that was like, that was all part of your, I remember talking before in a previous show about your training for that. So how did you do on the bow? I did great. The first one I missed, they had a little bitty tiny target and the weeds were like halfway up the target in a field and it was downhill. Um, Originally we were told, or I asked how many yards so we could practice because I was very good at 10 and 20 yards. 30 yards was a little bit more challenging just on a 25 pound recurve bow. So they moved it about what, 10, 15 yards, I think. Yeah. And they gave like huge points if you got a bullseye. 
so some of them got lucky. I, the first shot, I, I don't know if the nerves or whatever, and it went, it barely missed it, but all, everything else I hit, I didn't get a bullseye, unfortunately, mm. but she did pretty, did pretty well. Yeah, she did pretty good. It was just, it's a, it's a lot when you have to think about it because regardless of how much we tried to practice and uh, when we were practicing the few times we were able to get together around that G beach time and, you know, we did really good at what we practiced and how we had it set up. And then you get out there and got another team behind your shoulder watching you the whole time. So that's yeah. a little thing. And then what else is nerve wracking is that you're trying to get these targets. They're not set up how you were practicing. So you got to kind of maneuver yourself. And it's all new anyways. It's not like any of us go out bow hunting with a 25 pound recurve and go shoot anything. It's merely us practicing. So I think for what we were doing and how we had everything set up, and having other teams looking over your shoulder at the same time, you're trying to uh, do a lot of these events that we're doing, especially when it came down to the, what we call field days. It is nerve wracking. You've, you've got people watching you. You want to make sure you're trying to do good and everything. So I think all in all between Jesse and myself, I think we did a great job working together as a team. Uh, mm -hmm. We communicated very good. And I think that we know what we need to practice on. We know where we're a little short on or, what we could have done better, but in a lot of the areas we did good when we did practice, it just, what was presented or what we were going up against wasn't necessarily how we were practicing it. And we didn't have a lot of information. Right. Yeah. We had very little information and I would ask specific questions to John. And of course he couldn't give all the information that would give us more an advantage, but right. we wanted to know what we were up against. Cause we had no idea. None that's whatsoever. Part of it. That's part of it. Yeah. That was, that was, that's yeah. by design, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. part of the game knowing what oh, And yeah. next year it's going to be completely different. You would assume. And mm -hmm. this, I'm assuming that he's going to do next year. Yes. We yeah. were already committed to next year. Um, the price is going up, he said. I'm sure it's pretty expensive. I don't think he, I think he underestimated how much it was really going to cost. Mm. So we get 40% off since, you know, we got second place. So that'll be great. But on, after we got done with our range shooting, we all followed each other. We had to do some social media posts in lieu of in between for about 15 minutes, but that was no big deal. Then we went off to an adventure I don't remember what it was called. It's Pam Hall's husband's property. Um, he, I guess, has an adventure park. He has the axe throwing set up and it's a huge pasture. Um, we all lined up. We got our scrolls on what we were supposed to do for those four challenges. They had us doing rotating. So, of course, other teams were watching, learning from each other's mistakes. So that was kind of a disadvantage to everybody. Our first was the tire change. And of <laughs> course, we didn't know we could bring impacts. We didn't, we borrowed an impact from a team. Thank oh, wow. God. So <laughs> we had to use, the first challenge was for the Eagle, the Pro Eagle Jack. And we had to basically take one of our tires off. 20 yards was a cone. We did a circle eight around it with the tire after we mm. got it off. And then Fine. put it back on and then let the jack down. That was our time. We Each one of these had 10 minutes apiece. So if you went over 10 minutes, you're timed out. So we did that one pretty quickly. We fumbled with the jack. I think everybody did. The Pro Eagle's a little bit different than I'm used to. And Alicia, we communicated why we were doing it. So she took over where I missed. And we both just flowed and did a really good job. The pull pal was next. It was a dead pull. 
Um, if anybody's ever seen a pool pal, um, I think I played with one six years ago. So, but everything was set up. We actually had to take it out of the package, set it up, get it in the ground, get the winch to it, and then do a dead pull. And once we got past a certain point with the dead pull, that's when our time stopped. So we fumbled with the pull pal. I couldn't remember how the shovel part went on. It was kind of weird. Um, but we did eventually get it. That's what kind of killed us on that time. But we still did good compared to most people. Well, and, you know, I think they found out pretty quick watching the other teams that would watch somebody do it first. Yeah. Had a huge advantage. Like, sure. Like, yeah. oh, sure. that's how that goes together. Got it. Yeah. 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 So everybody, again, learned on top of everybody else, and we were going first. So, yeah. Well, that was brave of you. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, so And media in our face, cameras in our face. So it was, it was very challenging and nerve-wracking for sure. So, uh, so the axe throw, how did that the go? axe throwing. So <clears throat> we kind of got John to tell us what we're using, but it, that changed. And when we got there, it changed again. So <clears throat> really, we didn't get a good advantage on even if you went in practices. I know that there were several girls on social media that were practicing and still the conditions of the wood. Um, our little axe had a handle of, what, about four inches. And oh, I'm wow. used to the big, long ones. Sure. The board and the length that it was throwing was behind a ravine. So girls were throwing it over the boards and <laughs> it was pandemonium. But I think one of the groups, if you got into one of the circles, it was a massive amount of points. So, but we did well. Um, we got some points on it. <laughs> nice. It's nice. a little different. And then we ended up going to the next one which was the Warren Winch. We pulled over a, uh, I think it was a Volvo station wagon. Um, it was on a tarp. You had to use all your recovery gear to figure out how to flip it over. And that was your time. We were second on that one. Uh, wow. We had the fastest time going in. And then the last person watched us and got us 10 seconds. Oh, so <laughs> Again, and we did very well. It was nerve wracking, but we did very well. Nice. Um, then the next stop was going down to um, a, a lake in the canoe. Ooh. That was, I you know, the video that comes out, I, I just had to laugh at myself. I was pretty upset with the whole thing. We hurried up, got the canoe. We were on the boat dock waiting for everybody else to get their canoe in. We're just like ready to go. And I'm sitting in the front. Alicia's more powerful in the back. She can steer on the fly. I Me, mean, I have to think about it too long. So I let her in the back to steer. And so from the starting line, we had everybody. We were sandwiched in. So picture picture Metal Cloak Stampede type of start. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So right. you've got eight teams of on a boat ramp in their canoes, which the boat ramp's only a wide, wide enough for about four teams. Four. So there's eight <laughs> teams there. And it is a shotgun start. Everybody, it's just a melee of of paddles swinging and elbows <sighs> swinging and people oh, pushing. No. And yeah, she pushed the canoe in, and my seat, I guess, had been sun worn, just broke off, and I fell backwards. <laughs> so people got sandwiched in front of us, 
And I'm with my paddle trying to get up. It felt like it took forever for me to get up because mm. Alicia was just, we were heave hoeing and yeah. it was hard. And one of the girls got right inside in front of us and I had to push her out of our way. It was craziness. It was oh awesome gosh. to watch because literally there was there was one <laughs> team that actually just went out and went in a circle for the entire time. <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to how to go straight. So oh, yeah, it was interesting. <clears throat> That's awesome. So of course, when I get back to land, I immediately just throw my paddles down. I had to walk off. Plus, I was dying of thirst. So I had to go get a drink of water, and everybody's like, oh, crap, she's mad. And I'm like, well, I'm upset because my dang canoe broke. I want to hear Alicia's perspective. There you go. Go Yeah, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Most definitely, my perspective was um, I couldn't do nothing but laugh. The whole time I'm trying to paddle, I couldn't even paddle because I'm too busy laughing at Jesse. Because as soon as she pushed off, her legs went whoop, right over. Her. I didn't and have a clue. She wasn't paddling. All I could do was just paddle and paddle and paddle. And I'm too busy laughing at her because she's just so mad about the fact that she fell. And I think it's hilarious. It's like those friends, you know, they're like laugh first, then pick them up. So that's uh that's what I did. And yeah. we kept going the rest of the way and yeah, she got a little bit mad there towards the end. We still did good, but she got a little yeah. bit mad in, but um it's it's all in good fun, you know? I mean, things are going to happen, things are going to break. Uh I was on all- my knees the whole time in front <laughs> trying to paddle. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how canoes used to be. They didn't have seats. Right. They're right. on your knees, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's always Yeah, they heard about it. You just got to figure out how to work with it, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So how, so what place did you come in in that race? I think uh, what, so, fourth because um, uh, one of the teams land right before we did. He told us we had to get on the boat ramp with both feet, both teammates feet on the ground. But some hopped out before the boat ramp and they counted it. So, so, yeah, you could actually have not been in the canoe. You could have actually, he's like, I don't care if you want to swim outside of the canoe around this whole island they had to go around. You mm. just had to have both both feet back on the other boat ramp. So you could hop out in, in if you were five feet of water, you could hop out of the, the canoe and swim up and get on the boat ramp. Mm. As people started coming in, again, there's eight canoes and everybody starts getting into the boat ramp at almost the same time-ish. And you have people sideways and running into each other. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a melee for real. Awesome. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> well, it sounds like, yeah, that, that's it still sounds like this whole thing was just a blast. Yeah. Frustrations and the compet- competition aside, the whole thing sounds amazing. Oh, it's yeah. definitely got some really good pictures. I'm sure Jesse's probably seeing that one of her in the canoe. If not, it's it's out there. I want to see it. Oh, I yeah, want to it see it. Let's see if we can find it. We'll provide a link in the show notes. Yeah, it was it was fun. And then, of course, after we were done, I had to catch my breath, and we had to put the stupid canoe back on the jeep before we got our waypoints. Mm. We were the first to do that because we wanted to hurry up and start. We got on top of the hill because again, there's no signal. It's hard to put waypoints in when you have no signal. No no service whatsoever. So we found a little bit of signal, um, tried to plug in what we could and just hammer down. I think I, uh, the front end, I banged up Funshine a little bit 
um, my uh, steering stabilizer. The, the road was rough. There were rocks. There were potholes. Everybody's going 1,000 miles an hour in different directions. We did some hikes. We took the canoe off. I don't know how many times to take pictures and selfies with it. It was a mad dash. So, and then we knew we had to get back from camp. I think it was like an hour or something away. Um, a lot of highway miles to get back to the camp we were supposed to get to. And um, it was fun. It was exhilarating. It was fast. Um, she did awesome. Even though I, I think I was like, we can't backtrack anymore. But it's just what it is because we're both learning how to do these things on the fly. And we did an amazing job doing it. And then we ended up in an awesome campground. Um, they had everything set up for us, our tents, um, so we could get a drink and just chill. And, of course, me, I have to settle my adrenaline down. I'm in the Jeep rearranging everything because everything's been thrown in there. Recovery gear everywhere, just junk everywhere. So I had to go, <laughs> okay, I need my mind to get right, and I need to organize. So, yeah. Well, <clears throat> so that's cool. So they have the tent, your tent area in camp, so you have to deal with that. You just come – you have dinner, relax, organize, whatever, go to sleep, yep. get up in the morning. You don't have to put away tents or anything and you just go. Nope. That's cool. good. <laughs> yeah. So Tony, you just put it, your first, your first three days of the event basically is on the website now. Yes. So, so Corey, for you and, and you and Ricky, you guys are just following in, in one of the rigs the whole time or, or how? Yeah, it, we, you know, it started out as we thought we were going to be kind of following them from certain events to certain events. And, and I don't think Jean-Paul had a really good idea or plan of what we were going to be doing. I mean, there were a couple of teams that had their own media that was following them around as well. And and Ricky and I were there to help them if they needed it. And it turns out they didn't really need it. And that really wasn't a good uh, use of what we were there for. So we would end up kind of, they, we would find out where their end location was and we would just go to the campground and and or if if Jean-Paul had something he needed help with, we would kind of try to help him out, whether it was packing up tents, you know, which happened a, a couple of days into the race. We ended up helping him do some things. But really, it was kind of it was kind of awkward for us. Um, they didn't need help. They they were doing their thing. So we would go to the end point, see them at night. Alicia still has a, a, a very young two year old that um, still needs Almost. some attention. So. So her youngest was actually with Ricky and I as we were kind of running around and then she'd get to spend time with, with her, her baby at the end of the night. So yeah, it was, wow. uh, it was a little wow. interesting. Racer by day, mommy by night. <laughs> yep. I was more nervous about her cause she's so, she is so tiny and she still needs mom. So uh, it was kind of nice that they allowed her to kind of tag along, like still be there, but be distant. Uh, enough for me to just kind of get to her at night times or like early, early mornings. I think I was probably the first person up every mm -hmm. up every morning to go over there, check on her, make sure she's good to go. And then at nighttime, you know, after I was mingling with the girls, hanging out with the girls and stuff, I would just see if, you know, get her to bed and everything. And hopefully she'd just stay like sleeping the whole night, but new places, new tent, a little different. That's a good adventure for her though. That's awesome. So it all comes down. It was how many days of activity was it? Four. Four, Four. days. Four days. So 
Wow. So four days of that. And it was, that was pretty much a snapshot every day. It was kind of that way. Just go, well, go, go. Pretty much. The second day. Yeah. It was, it was foot to the floor. Mm. As soon as we got our scroll in the morning, the second day, we had nothing but waypoints. So again, we had to go several miles to find a signal and start plotting. Um, and they and drove, then, I mean, they drove all over <clears throat> North Carolina. I mean, there were, there were, they were covering a hundred plus miles a day um, wow. most of the time. And, you know, it's funny because looking back at it, you know, some of these places or things they had to do could be a thousand points or some things were like a hundred points and you didn't really know unless you could look and see where everything was at on a map. It's like, well, this is going to take us four hours to get to this location and do this challenge, but it's a thousand points or there's 10 that are hundred points that are right near us. So they really had to do a lot of strategic, strategic, like what, what do you, what do you choose to do? And how do you accumulate these points when you don't know the area and, and you can't just, you know, these, these, when you're mapping out a coordinates, it's, it's their, their GPS coordinates, it's decimal lat longitude. And you're having to find it on a map not necessarily knowing if there's even a road that goes to it. They may have to get out of the Jeep and walk a certain distance to go to some mm-hmm. sign or some point. So yeah, man, they, they kudos to them because they got a whole lot of stuff done, which kind of, unfortunately it also tends to then promote a race, not a rally. This wasn't a race. This was a rally. And if you're told, if you tell a group of women or even a group of guys that, Hey, the more places you can get to, the more points you're going to earn. Well, what are we all going to do? We're going to go as to win fast it. as we possibly can. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. Pin it to win it. I want to hit them all. Right. Wow. But And that's where some of those get more into um, into timing. Like, yeah, you got here too quickly. So yeah. therefore, mm-hmm. you were, you know, you were like even even Cannonball Run. I think they do that now, where it's yes. kind of like you have to you have to stay yeah. within a certain speed limit to get to a certain point to a certain point, right? But, yeah, Jeff Knoll's uh, rally venture back in the day was yeah. it was like that. You if you arrived early, well, you you actually de- they got points deducted. You you couldn't get there in that time, and so it kept everybody to to follow a certain speed limit. But stri- uh, logistically, that's extremely hard to do. You have to have a really big team and a lot of people to help instrument all of that. So right, right. <clears throat> well, that, that's amazing. So <clears throat> so long. Now was all this on back roads, or was there like like highways and uh, stuff you're on too probably half and half yeah a bit of both yeah. so yeah because you, you obviously had to f- did you have to bring fuel or were there actually service station stops that you you went we stopped that we had to take care of that on our own we had to make those decisions um mm. i think we made the best decision uh taking my rig um some other ones didn't fare very well with the gasoline issue and had to really go stop too much so, I mean, you have to have that in your strategic plan for sure to bring the right vehicle for the maximum amount of distance you can go for sure. So a four by eight would probably do pretty good out there. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, what I got, we stopped and got gas twice and I still wasn't low, but I wanted to make sure we could, didn't have to. We stopped at the opportunities we could and had signal. And she was in there doing the social media aspect while I filled up and got gone. Wow. Wow. So, and then, of course, as Alicia said, you grabbed some, that was like the food stops too. 
We brought snacks. I don't think, I think she opened her snacks once and they got put in a bag and it was never touched again. So <laughs> me too. I barely drank water. Now wow. I had my drinks though. Cause if I don't have a, a Mountain Dew or a Pepsi or I don't drink water. So I have to have caffeine. If my Mountain Dew, and my Pepsi are not there, I probably won't function very well for her ever. And uh, <laughs> you tell me I have to, I'm definitely not going to function for you at all. <laughs> Mountain Dew. I, I can I can appreciate the Mountain Dew. I, the, right. I, I've never been able to do the Pepsi. <laughs> the Pepsi just not not my. But the Mountain Dew. I built my first business on Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. It, it, it got me through the night and through the morning and through every day. I had a, I had, an, I had a, a a pile of two, of one liter bottle Mountain Dews in a corner. That was my homage to what the power of Mountain Dew. Uh, <clears throat> so I can understand it. At a point where if I would drink it, like if I didn't feel good, I would drink a Mountain Dew and you could feel it like going through my veins. Mm-hmm. It was just like, ah, do the yeah. <laughs> kids on Mountain Dew, so they're <laughs> <laughs> now that is another story. My kids, I know, like I, I barely gave them sugar. Like that, that Jack would become a terror. I think he would he would destroy the house if he got a Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So you get through these, you do this rally, you guys end up in second place. Um, who, who got first place? Um, some girls from North Carolina that have done the URI cause it, the Artemis rally from my take and learning about the URI, they're about one in the same. I don't know about the challenge aspect, but the plotting aspect. So they knew the area as well. Um, they're from North Carolina, but they rocked it. They helped us out. And we yeah. appreciate the, the camaraderie was great. Everybody helped everybody where one fell short. So they, they beat us out and um, they did an amazing job. That's awesome. So say they did a great job um, how, by how much, how close was the points? They were pretty close. I don't remember the first between us and them. I don't actually remember what they said. Yeah. I think between the first and the second, it was probably a, a, I think it was like a little over a thousand points, but you know, that was a, that was one of those things that I'd like to kick myself in the butt for. Cause we kind of, there was a boo-boo that we did. I mean, we've done more than one, but this one probably cost us about more. 900 points. Yeah. This one cost us 900 points. And I think we were about a thousand two hundred, I believe was the total. So if we didn't make that mistake that we made that one day, it would have been a real tight race. And we probably, I mean, we would have gave ourselves a gap on, on that one, but so, okay, you, you can't just leave it like that. Like, what happened? Well, remember how we were saying that on the bottom, they tell you that there's like a time that you have to be back or you get deducted a mm. certain amount of points. Unfortunately, we assumed. we assumed since we were told that the only short day was going to be Sunday. And in my brain, I was thinking, okay, cool. Uh, Thursday was seven o'clock at the camp. You know, Friday was seven o'clock at the camp. Well, Saturday, they kind of ran like a little small wrench in there and made it five o'clock. And I had folded the pieces of paper, just assuming that we had to be there at seven. And granted, uh, we got to a certain spot and some people were hollering at us and saying, you don't have that much time left. And in our our brains, we were still going, okay, we got a couple more hours to go, but we needed to be there at five, not seven. So we were literally 25 minutes late that day and that cost us uh 900 points oh my gosh yeah yeah oh kick in the butt but again it's a learning curve i always tell my guys here to read the whole eight and a half by
by 11 pieces of paper. And uh, unfortunately, we missed that one. Yep. Yeah. Well, I remember one teacher once did this. I think it was sixth grade. It was a great sixth grade lesson. Here was the, it was an entire test. Okay, guys, we're doing a quiz. And, I, you know, multiple teachers do this kind of thing. We're doing this quiz. All right, sit down, everybody. Make sure you read the in- entire quiz first and then mm-hmm. going. And like, you know, one kid gets up and walks out. And yeah. the rest of it else is doing it, right? And I then I go, well, what's going on here? And I, yeah, the back, the last question was, put your name on this and turn it in. Like, you didn't have to do anything if mm-hmm. if you actually read the instructions. So it gives you that thing. Of, read the instructions. Read the instructions. And, of course, to all our customers out there, when you're getting products, read the instructions first, please. Thank you. Well, the morning of the third day, you know, we... After we did our little field day, we had to paddleboard, skeet shoot, um, do the bow and arrow, do oh, the wait, action wait, track. Paddleboard, there was paddleboarding too. Oh yeah, that was amusing as well. Yeah. <laughs> across a pond, you should have seen when when Jeff says you're going to be paddleboarding across a pond. You should have seen the girls' faces. I'm not getting in that water. <laughs> they got in that water. <laughs> they sure did. Wow. And it was a one at a time. You guys were like doubling up on the paddleboard. So we all had to start from a bench and the first person had to put the paddleboard. It was on the bench. We had to put it in the water, get on there, paddle across the other teammate, which would be me because she went first, had to run across the other side of the pond, wait for her to get off. And then I did my thing. And and then we had to take the paddleboard out, set it back where it was. And that was our time. And this was like, I take it this, you're talking about, this is one of the, this is a frog infested, you know, tadpoles, uh, you know, dirty, scummy pond. Is that, is that what it was? Maybe it some inlet bad. outlet. It wasn't bad, but still the fact of the, getting the in stuff is kids that we pond. used to ride our bikes and just jump into. And yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm okay. They didn't have no gators in it. Didn't bother me no. one. Bit. Yeah. As long as there was no gators, I was good with that. Um, <laughs> You didn't have time to think, so there was that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> but but our plan was that after we – there was no signal whatsoever in the little campground we were at. So I don't think we were the last one out, but we got up to the top and everybody else, because it was a steep climb, get out of where we were, everybody went right. We were the only ones that went left. So my heart kept telling me we need to go this way. I just know it. I don't know what it was. It was telling me to go that way. Everybody went the opposite way. And of course, we couldn't plot anything at the time. Mm. So we were chasing a signal. We knew that back towards town, like five miles, there was a signal. We had no clue what was going on right of us. Um, so we ended up pulling into a church parking lot and there was a perfect signal. We hid behind some trees so no one could see where we were. Within five minutes, we had everything plotted. Our first 300 points is right down the road. Oh, wow. Everybody else went miles away. So we started on this path. And in the middle of this, there were five um, waypoints in what was called the Brown Mountain Off-Road OHV, because we got stickers for OHV before we got there. Um, We knew that everybody was going to go tackle that first. It's on a Saturday. Busy. They're not going to close the park for us. So we had to intertwine with motorcycles and UTVs. So it wasn't really itching to go there just yet because that's where everybody else was going. So we took our time. And as we got to Brown Mountain, everybody was getting off the trail, which I'm like, perfect. 
we, I mean, most girls, I think what took three hours to get to the top and it was easy to get back down, but we got stopped a few times and girls were asking, where have you guys been? I'm like, we were out getting points. What else do you think we were doing? <laughs> so they were surprised that we showed up and the guys were like, y'all aren't going to, y'all are going to time out. And we were like, we're almost there to the top. And they're like, oh. So we did our pictures, rock crawling. It wasn't major, major stuff, but it was fun. Um, we turned the radio up. We said, we're going to have fun with this. And we took off and we did that whole loop all the way to the top and back in an hour and a half. Um, of course, at the end, we had to take our canoe off and truck it up to a trail for another picture. And that was like three, 400 points. I don't remember. And the guys were coming out and they're like, you need to get to camp now. And we were like, yeah, cause we were, why? We got two hours. We were seeing everybody come off the trail and they're all headed back to camp. So Ricky and I, we went back to camp and then, uh, you know, here comes five o'clock. And uh, the girls aren't back yet. And they weren't I'm far. Trying to reach them on the radio or cell phone, but there is no radio or cell phone out there. And and eventually we got a hold of them, and everybody's back except for them. <laughs> yeah, and that was their that was their check in oh. thing, and that was a well. So you had a good day of gathering points, but then a penalty of nine hundred yeah. points. Oh, that's too bad. That's it too was, bad. Uh, probably because I had to stop at that general store. We were supposed to take a picture at and uh, grab a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't notice there was like something popped up a couple times where I, I i saw something where you guys were like doing a little commercial like talking about a product or something like that what was that yes well at breakfast on the first day um we got our scrolls and we had some company there with some leather products and some survivalist products there um, we had to, in between doing the gun range in our first field day, we had to stop at this winery and do a product plug for the twine that we got or Paracord. the paracord we got. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was part of our, you know, social media. I'm sorry. Like you just had to make it up. We had to make up the, just. Yes. Plug it I, somehow. There was no instructions. They just said here, do this with the hashtags and this. And we researched it. She, she's good at memorizing stuff and we researched it and she had a whole spill and I was like, sweet. Yeah. I went onto the uh, company's website that manufactured the paracord to try to figure out exactly uh, what I could say that sounded a little bit more professional than, Hey, thanks for giving us this uh, paracord. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you're used, you're used to selling product. You've, you've, you've done that probably a million times now. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the product's not the problem. It's, uh, you know, when you've got a uh, camera in front of you and you're wearing a Smurf outfit with a uh, Smurf <laughs> and you want to, like, look halfway on social media. And honestly, I mean, I look like Smurfette, so. Well, you know, you just that's when you just got to flaunt what you got. Yes. That's right. <laughs> well, we, did. we did. I made Jesse keep the helmet on and the vest on while we were driving when we got out, we did not take it off because if we forgot it, then that would be our point. So we looked like two Smurfs rolling around in a uh, bright yellow Jeep. Okay. So a bright yellow Jeep pulls up to a gas station. Two girls wearing vests and <laughs> and, and half helmets comes out of that. That had got to be a – that has got to be a scene. Like we were a spectacle. Like, I mean – what was it? Was it the last day we were getting points? Yeah. We had to take the canoe off quite many times. Yes. And oh. we would show up at these parks, these gated communities with these big lakes. 
And we had to take the canoe off, put the canoe in the water to take him the picture with us in it. So when we were, we came up to this one residence with this big pond. It was beautiful. Everybody was out hiking. We start taking a canoe down. I don't know how many people rushed us and was like, what are you guys doing? You cannot canoe in that pond. And I mean, we were stopped so many times. People were freaking out. Yeah, it was <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Especially at helmet sign. Like, oh, you're professionals. You're professional yeah. canoers. Yeah. So, so Corey just had that helmet there. Um, I did notice that it had a GoPro mount on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did you guys were you guys running GoPros or what? When the media team would have us wear them, uh, it was very cumbersome because, as you know, I had that rack right yeah. above my head, getting in and out of there and <laughs> everywhere. It was just uh. so. Yeah, we had GoPros on a few times. Wow. Yeah, I got at least probably maybe an hour and a half of uh, video that we didn't even know that we were going to have because I had the GoPro on my helmet and I hit her rack. And it turned the GoPro on. So Jesse and I are just driving down the street. Our conversations, the things. <laughs> you know, then when we realized it was on, we were like, um, we're sorry. <laughs> didn't didn't uh, nothing you said can be used against you, can it? Nah, we kept it pretty good. Yes. I was trying to figure out why my hat, my head was so hot. And I was like, is this thing on? Like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun. It was, it was a blast. And you're yeah. all, you're all in for next year. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we're we're already committed to next year. How many teams were there? There were eight this year. And is there a limit? Like, is he? You know, is it? He is told it us he How wanted to cap it year? off at twenty because the challenge is, is some of these campgrounds we pulled into was super tight. I don't know hmm. how they're going to get even in rigs in there so i don't know let me see go ahead lisa i think 10 would probably be where i would cap it off if he's gonna have camping like that for sure because i think in um some of the areas too when we were doing some of the field days you know we had eight teams but they only had at the field days four different events they were doing so we had to be teamed up with another team and then them watching us and us watching them. It can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. But if you add too many more people into this, it's not going to be something that is going to be good because then you'll have more than one team watching you do something and they'll, you know, they'll gain from that. And sometimes I it'll think be, that was, yeah. He need he would need to spread it out into two locations. <laughs> or when you got done, you would have to go back to an enclosed tent until it was your turn. I think yeah. everybody had that concern. It wasn't just us. There were many teams that complained about the same thing. So just yeah. to be fair, I mean, yeah. really. Well, and it, it could also be and there's a I some some of those. Like you remember what ever watched the great race, right? So you had these that that was always going cool. you different teams trying to do figure out different ways of doing stuff, but doing it where it's more spread out or or there's a randomization that occurs every day or everything as to who goes first as opposed to you know especially when they're not timed if it's if it's everybody's getting to the 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 shooting right or everybody's mm-hmm. getting to the bow whatever then you know that at a certain point there's a randomization or something that occurs to make that happen. It'd also be interesting to see if this thing gets, gets big enough, if he does regional qualifying events, right. right? Do some regional qualifying events. So you have your 10 finalists to do the Artemis rally, right? right. But you have some regional qualifying events across the country that, that get you into that. I mean, 
yeah. you could see that that would be really cool because I think the idea and it could be totally tied in to some of the you know the the girl stuff that you guys do already, yeah. right? Um, and it'd just be part of that whole thing. How does Charlene do, by the way? She got third. Her and Marissa got third. Oh, nice. Um, nice. We knew that it was going to be challenging because Charlene's done that a lot. Um, but when she takes co-drivers, they don't. She's teaching them as they go along. And of course, they brought Ruby, which is a open, big caged LS motor, forties or forty-two inch tires, um, LS motor. <laughs> which BFG, you know, BFG basically let her use that vehicle for the event. It wasn't and even sponsored her rig, them so. to be mm. in it. So mm. Charlene's really good, and I knew well, that uh, was yeah. one of our top challenge we were going to have to overcome. So. But of course, that it wasn't exactly a fuel efficient vehicle. No, no, <laughs> no. Wow. Well, cool. I mean, it sounds like you guys had a great time. You're all in for next year, and uh, I'm presuming that Fun Shine will still be the vehicle of choice. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. Who knows? We have been between now and then. <laughs> when they when they first started talking about this, um, when they were going to compete in the Rebel, uh, Ricky had talked about um, possibly having a four by e. And, and competing in it. And, um, you know, who knows? I mean, a year from now, things could be a lot different. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think John Paul has a lot of, of legwork to do, a lot of homework to do to make this event, to take it to that next level. And I, I think he's pretty committed to do that. And the girls are, are now looking, you know, you get a bunch of teams that have some experience doing some things then they also expect it to be taken to that next level to have a first year event. And Matson, you know, like we've been to a lot of things that are first year and they they fail. They never show back up. Sometimes you, you get a hold of something and it, it works. And I think this is one of those things that's going to work, but it's going to take some, he's going to really need to put some, some effort into the next, next stage of this. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, that's the beauty of it. Right. And that's part of the reason why. Yeah. What, what you remember, you, you mentioned the, the um, rally venture. Right. Mm -hmm. And rally yep. venture, I mean, the amount of effort he put into creating that, right. Uh, and, and what it does, the rebel rally, that one's done really well, but the amount of money they charge I and mean, what is it for rebel rally? What's it like 20 grand or something to 16 is what is the about base. the base. What it'll take for two, two people to compete in the rebel. Yeah. So you have the rebel route. And so, and that makes sense for what they're doing. And it's amazing. When it first came out, I was kind of like, anyway, whatever, but it's really grown. I mean, it's been what, almost it's been 10 years or something. Uh, something. Uh, I mean, it's at least eight, eight, or eight so. years. Yeah, yeah. It's been I mean, going really well. And now you got this one. I can just, so I can see Artemis rally, you know, growing and being a great thing. That's awesome. And especially because of all the skills you're having to do. And, um, you know, and it's, you guys do it as as good as any and that's that's awesome so proud of you proud of your team proud of what you did uh you know jeepers den and metal cloak was well represented yeah mm -hmm. right right i'm sure ricky was proud of you too yep uh he's over there <laughs> i'm like like yeah he's like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. uh so that's awesome well great job girls um second place next year first place um yep. And uh, now you know what's into it, and and what a great team! I mean, just the two of you. It's just talking about it over the last, like I said, year, year and a half. It's just been awesome that it's all come together. Um, she was and, amazing. I couldn't ask for a better partner ever. She well, did I, fantastic. And it the was, fact that the 
friggin' road trip coordination worked out for you guys too. I mean, oh, come that's on. A whole other like, story. I just trying to figure out like, okay, we're going to leave this here. We're going to fly out there. We're going to do this thing over here. And then we're going to fly back. And we're going to, I mean, the fact that and all the that plane worked rides out. almost getting canceled and yeah. yeah, that's in my story, by the way, if you want to read how that went down. Yes. Is it part one that's up on modernjeeper.com? Yeah. Part yes. one nice. is up there today. Nice. Everybody check out uh, modernjeeper.com. Check out the actual story of what was going on and some of the pictures. Um, oh, wait, is the photo? I guess I guess you probably didn't post the photo of you. Or the co- in we the, posted um, in the, the trailer video on it. Um, I, it I was, just want to see scenes. There's some scenes from the canoeing on the in the video. Yes. In the trailer video. Yeah. 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 Freeze frame them. So just when it gets to that point and you want to see, just freeze frame it so that you can oh, see. Oh, I can my- see my legs in the air. That's all you I see. see. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's awesome. I'm entertaining. Uh, so. yeah. It yes. was <clears throat> the distance from us. I think we were the only team besides maybe uh, Charlene and Marissa that we don't hang out. We're from opposite sides of the United States. And I think we were probably for us being that far apart and not being able to hang out with each other constantly and practicing constantly. We did a uh, fantastic job. I mean, riding with Jesse in her vehicle, especially through traffic, it's fantastic. <laughs> I had to calm now her down. Now you know why I let him drive, so I don't stress him out. Yes, I, I see. But she did great, and I think we had a, we had a good time. I mean, it was fun, and it, we uh, we learned a lot about each other, about what we could do, and about what we can do better. So, I mean, it was it was awesome. I had fun, and it doesn't matter the things that we missed, the things we messed up on, the things that happened. You know, all the curveballs that got thrown to us. It was still super exciting, and it was definitely something that was enjoyable, especially for me. I don't get to do a lot of these kind of things. It was kind of good that we were able to get away and, and do some stuff like that. So I appreciated it. Yeah, it was good. That's awesome. It was a good time. <laughs> we, we learned a lot and we have stuff to take away and things that we didn't know that we could do. Um, we're definitely going to do next year. So yeah, see us next year. We're going to, we, we, we came in wanting to place. I don't mm. think we had an expectation. You always want to be the top dog. But I just wanted to get there because it was a first year event, and I knew we had some pretty stiff competition. And I'm pretty proud of us for getting there. It was awesome. Nice. Well, well done, ladies. That's awesome. Corey's just sitting back there, big smile on his face. He was so proud. You could see the pride in his in his. Those eyes. guys supported us. I mean, like I said, I had some trouble with Funshine going down that dirt road the first day. It was pretty bumpy and I was going pretty fast in it. My steering stabilizer ended up moving and coming back, but it just wouldn't, I couldn't turn. Um, they fixed that on the fly the next day and it corrected itself. We just had to recenter it and it was good to go. And the metal cloak, the suspension was amazing. It rock crawled with ease, everything on that Jeep. It was built. Thanks to all our supporters, uh, metal cloak, we have ARS, we have Jeepers Den, we're our main sponsors, and we had some kickback from everybody else. And, of course, the Florida Jeep Club that uh, Alicia is part of gave us some gas money, so we appreciate that as well. It was really awesome for them to pitch in and cheer That's us cool. on. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice. Not that you, you, what, you, you spent like 40 bucks on gas or something like that? or About what, 60, what, 80 bucks. That was it. What's North Carolina gas prices like right now? Oh, cheap. 
Yeah, yeah. Like $3. Yeah, been, like, been like 10 times out here in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't bother coming here. Stay away. <laughs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. <clears throat> well, that's that's awesome. Hey, hey, uh, anything else you want to join before we like before we wrap up this amazing episode? No, just I'm proud of her. She she did an amazing job. I couldn't ask for a better teammate. That's awesome. It was both of us. We got some uh we, we fed off of each other. It was it was yeah. a <laughs> of work, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, again, great job. And uh, and a call out to allers. So any other women uh, who want to get involved in this thing, get men do it, or, or husbands who want to push their wives into uh, into a challenge. Because, you know, one thing that happens at, at Skills Days is we get a lot of a uh, lot of husbands that, that bring their wives out to learn how to do the rigs. And, you know, this part of the whole movement that Charlene has been a big part of for, for you know, a decade now. Of of just getting uh, women women involved and able and to do all this. That's how I got started. So right, yeah, and right. I and I thanked her a few times while I was there because I was in the other seat this time. Yeah, um, and I thanked her for everything she taught me. So yeah, yeah, well, that's awesome. That's a great job for all of you and uh, for anybody else who wants to get involved. <laughs> so what is it? Artemis, Artemis Rally website is that up? Can they can they? Um, the Follow Facebook page, he did have a, a single Artemis Rally page. Um, the Overlander Project is John Paul's um, hmm. website Website and what <laughs> okay. he is under. Okay. So you can check it out there. And Otherwise, we will definitely have more news about this Artemis Rally as it comes together and as we decide to do it next year and get involved next year. And then Corey and I are going to wear wigs. and. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go bosom buddies on this and uh and, and do our own little team because you know, <clears throat> according to the, the, the federal laws, right? We should be able to compete. Yeah. We can, we can, we can identify <laughs> as women. That we would can be identify hilarious. as women. I I've hey, I've gone Sinead O'Connor before. I can do it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, hey, great guys. Uh, thanks again. And for all of our listeners out there, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, check it out. Artemis rally. We'll have a bunch of links in the show notes. Um, and especially when the, the video comes out, cause I guess there's a, there's going to be some big video work. Come yeah. Forward. There were we'll some sure media to- teams there. Painted dog overland is, and I have some links up on my page as well. Um, he's doing all the, um, he did the trailer and he did the first bit. Um, there's more videos coming out. So just stay tuned. Awesome. Awesome. All right, friends, for all of us out there, to all of us at you, we'll see you on the trails. Cheers. Bye. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.